No, I uh, definitely started out really optimistic and thought, I'm going to read through all the books before the podcast. <laughs> and I made it about halfway through the Chamber of Secrets and was like, this is not going to happen. <laughs> That's great. That's fantastic. Welcome, welcome Potter fans to the Show of Requirement Harry Potter podcast. This is the host, Spencer Price, and I'm joined by our first official new guest of the podcast, I guess. She's never done a Harry Potter episode with us before, but it's Abby Tooley, guys. She's back. Woohoo! I'm excited. I love and Harry I, Potter. And Abby, that's okay, because Chamber of Secrets... Is a rough gig. <laughs> it it did not make it to fruition, but David and I are both reading again through Harry Potter, and I think David's stuck in Prisoner of Azkaban. I'm somewhere in Goblet of Fire at the moment. We're gonna read it over the summer, but we're all adults, and that's not really that feasible. Yeah, life happens, and there's yeah. you just don't have time to read like you used to. Anyway, on one of the many failed episodes, we. We've had a fun time launching this podcast, but we're on episode two. We're, we're making it, guys. Actually, episode three. Wow. We're killing it. But Dave is not here, by the way. He had a scheduling conflict, so probably should have mentioned that, but it's all good. Uh, just kidding. Anyway, on a, previ- a previous episode, I confessed that I finished Sorcerer's Stone. I got the illustrated edition. Mm. Very bougie. Yeah. I think I have that. You do? I do. I have it. It's sitting on my bookshelf. It's really good. Mm-hmm. I'm going to keep collecting them over time, like once a year maybe, because they're kind they're of... They're expensive. <laughs> they're expensive, yeah. But I finished Sorcerer's Stone, and I've tried to reread the series. I've reread it successfully once, and that was with Luke Fornay when he was reading it the first time. It was like after our freshman year. But after that, I kept trying, and I just would get the Chamber of Secrets, and I just stuck, and then I just wouldn't want to keep going. So this time, I just I finished Sorcerer's Stone, I looked at Chamber of Secrets, I looked at Prisoner of Azkaban, and I picked up Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah. So when I say, I'm in Goblet of Fire, it sounds like this great achievement, because Goblet of Fire is a thick book, but really, I've only read, I'm only in book, like, book three, I guess, of my reread. So I'm really great, guys. I'm really killing it. That's fair. It's fair. I might get some, yeah, I might get some hate, but I've read, I could tell you, beat by beat Chamber of Secrets, you mm-hmm. know? And the movie is the most accurate movie, I would say. Yeah. So, like, I have that double whammy there. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Abby, because this is your first Harry Potter episode with us, uh, Hogwarts House? Hufflepuff, for Hufflepuff. sure. It's for all sure. Hufflepuffs today. Ooh. Gryffindor sucks with an X. <laughs> uh, favorite character. Favorite character is definitely Ramus Lupin, or mm. like Lupin and Tonks, like as a as a duo. Yes, you know. we stand Ramus Lupin on this podcast mm-hmm. very fan. highly. Favorite book. Favorite book is probably either Prisoner of Azkaban or Deathly Hallows. 
but I just I love a good I love a good ending I love a good wrap up and I feel like yeah. it was a, it was a thick book but I feel like they uh, <laughs> wrapped <laughs> it up pretty well so but Order of the Phoenix is the thickest though oh true I, I'm pretty terrified of Order of the Phoenix to be honest <laughs> no. like I I don't want to skip another book but no. it's tempting me mm-hmm. favorite movie which is a diff- should be a different answer I feel like. Oh, I the prisoner the, the prisoner of Azkaban is my favorite movie. I it's love, really good. I love the prisoner of Azkaban. So the subject of today, which I felt like, not necessarily Abby specifically, but I felt like a, it'd be good to have a, a woman's opinion on the the woman character in Harry Potter, which is Hermione Granger. Mm-hmm. So we're doing our character continuing our character studies series. First things first, I just want to establish I don't I don't think that Hermione's a love interest character at all. No, Spencer, I have agreed with you this entire time. Every time you bring it up, I'm like, Spencer, you are one hundred percent right. Hermione is not Harry's love interest in this book series at all. There's not even a love triangle. It doesn't exist. It's <laughs> <laughs> that was a I didn't realize it was a hot take, but the internet and I think a lot of what we're gonna talk about today plays into why people think her, ship Hermione and Harry, mm-hmm. at least a little bit. But yeah, Hermione, it's not a love triangle. It's not I a mean, love triangle. if I would be honest, and this may be a hot take, but I'm not even a big fan of Hermione and Ron very much. But that's just that's just me. I don't know who who I'm a fan of her with, but I, I just I was gonna feel say, like, see, that's that's just heresy. But I know, I know. I'll, <laughs> I'll allow it. Yeah get kicked is, off before we even start the podcast yeah, <laughs> it's gonna hang I'm up on me again the, just tap I'm once. Do the, okay. <laughs> i'm wearing airpods and we found out that if you <laughs> tap the airpods because i was like look at my airpods i hung up on the call that we're having so this is so good i'm just a, you know i thought i really had all the tech stuff down but this month has proved me otherwise <laughs> abby would you say hermione is the most inspiring woman character of harry potter for you I definitely think that there are a lot of great qualities that Hermione has that as a girl growing up, like this was the book series that I grew up with. I mean, they were my bedtime stories that before I could fully read, my mom would read them to me. And then as I got older and learned how to read better, like I would start reading them to my mom before I went to bed each night. And so like, I loved growing up with this book series. And so I always felt like, man, I'd love to be like Hermione because, like, you didn't know me as a child, Spencer, but I was very, like, introverted <laughs> and, like, shy. I, I was not, homeschooled. I not <laughs> yeah. Um, I was homeschooled. I was, I was not the brave, courageous. I hoped that I was intelligent. I felt like I was smart. But I did look up to her and was inspired by, like, her cleverness and her loyalty and her compassion, the way in which she's always trying to be a voice for the voiceless or for those who are considered to be less than in the magical world. I, I, really, I really did like Hermione, her character overall, but there were other like, like female characters that I looked up to as well, just bits and pieces of each. Oh yeah, I think, and this might just be because of JK Rowling and like how she writes characters. Rowling, Rowling, who really knows? Whatever. <laughs> I keep, every time I said it, I've said it different, and that's fine. 
relaying <laughs> how she, I mean, she is a woman, but I would, I already argued in the last one that I don't think that makes it how different how she writes characters, but she mm-hmm. has a lot of great woman characters in Harry Potter. Yeah. And I would honestly say, as for how many, like, I feel like percentage of Harry Potter fans, I would say it's probably like 70, 30, mm-hmm. maybe 60, 40. Yeah. So, <laughs> which makes this podcast very interesting Two men talking about Harry Potter, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's about Harry Potter. He's a male. I guess you can do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's just get into, we're not going to obviously be able to talk about all of Hermione really with the trio we're going to try and do as much as the the best of it as we can but like there's so much like mm-hmm. like you said i mean what 700 odd pages in deathly hollows alone oh yeah but like thousands of pages a day's worth of movies i mean even when you look up like their wiki pages like you oh, could scroll nuts. for days cuz there's just so much <laughs> yeah it's just so about. much rich rich character development for Hermione and Ron. I know oh, yeah. movie movie watchers will not, may not know that, mm-hmm. but we're going to talk a little bit about that, but I, I got to, Abby, you got to help me stay on track because <laughs> I'm really mad. I'm still mad about Ron's character development. Like the more I realized how much they just kind of dump them in the trash. Oh no, I agree. Movies. After you but, sent that link to me, I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. We have set aside time. The next the next character study is Ron. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert. Like, who else <laughs> will we do next? But I'm trying to, yeah, I have to save my thoughts there. Mm. Yep. Yep. We'll try and we'll try and keep it honed in on Hermione. Absolutely. So now, uh, speaking of the wiki page, <laughs> uh, where is it? Did I lose it? No, I didn't. Here it is. We're going to do David's favorite part, but it's now our favorite part because it's not here. I don't know. If, did you hear the Did you listen to the last I one? I did. I did. Yeah. yeah. So one of the parts that did make it through because of my terrible mic, which is now not being used, was when David ranted about all of the names for a character that other than their main name. And we're going to go through all of them again. Yes. Hermione Jean Granger was born the 19th of September, 1979. Great song. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible joke. It's fine. Nice. I didn't even know her birthday was in September. I feel like they've never celebrated her birthday. No. That's fine. No one's birthdays matter but Harry Potter's and, and Neville Longbottom <laughs> by proxy. Yeah. <laughs> she was muggle-born. Uh, she's married now, but she wasn't married in the series. Uh, she's English. She's also known as Hermie <laughs> by Grop. Little Miss Perfect by Rita Skeeter. She was not Harry Potter under Polly Juice. That is not a real thing. No, she was in the seventh book. Whenever oh, you they right. all the, that doesn't count. The, like that the bunch of Harrys. <laughs> I don't think that it counts either. <laughs> she wasn't. She wasn't on the. She wasn't on the broom. Like, oh, look at me! I'm Harry Potter. Guys. No, no. She didn't say it. Doesn't count. Nobody called uh, her Harry Potter. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Uh, Mafalda Hopkirk under disguise of Polly Juice. Again. Bellatrix is strange <laughs> under disguise of Apologies Potion. And I don't remember her being called Queen Slug by Ron Weasley. <laughs> uh, she was also it, a cat. I don't remember. I don't know if we ever learned the cat's name. But she was part cat under part disguise cat. of Polyjuice. <laughs> she, she went through a lot of Polyjuice Potion. Uh, she also had her teeth extended in yes. like a, a curse gone wrong. <laughs> that was meant to be shot at someone else. Yep. 
felt so bad about that. I just read that too. That's the only reason I remember. And I love that they brought that up because like that was one of the first things that they mentioned about Hermione when she's introduced in the book is that she has like big front teeth. <laughs> oh yeah. So it's probably she's... a source of insecurity somewhere in there. <laughs> she's been a prefect. Uh, apparently she's been the deputy head of the Department of Magical Law Enforcement. And she's also apparently current win- current minister of magic. Mm-hmm. Big surprise. Uh, she's known for her buck teeth in <laughs> Prisoner of Azkaban through a random point in Goblet of Fire where they're like, hey, you have smaller teeth now. She's like, yep, <laughs> I did it. <laughs> um, apparently her boggart is failure. Oh, same. <laughs> oh, that's so Mood. sad. Her yeah. Patronus is an otter. Her wand is ten and three-fourths vinewood dragon heartstring didn't know that and the other one doesn't count because i'm pretty sure she just took it from somebody mm-hmm. deadly hollows was like we're all holding wands now yeah they None all have somebody ours. else's wand <laughs> yeah and bushy brown hair mm-hmm. but yeah that's kind of a lot of things her associations are way too long but yes. Dumbledore's army and order of the phoenix are the main two that are important there mm-hmm. let's, let's talk about what we love about hermione Abby, you can go first. I love, again, I think I mentioned this a little bit whenever we were first talking about why I find her inspiring, but like, I love her loyalty. Um, As I was kind of taking notes and like rethinking through, I did, I didn't finish all the books, but I rewatched all the movies. (laughs) That's great. So as I was kind of rereading some of the books, rewatching the movies, kind of doing my homework. I was like, man, Hermione was a loyal friend to Harry throughout like the entire series. Even when Ron turned his back on Harry during some of the book of like the Goblet of Fire, I was like, Hermione was still right up there on Harry's side and was just so loyal to him and believed him and just stuck by him through everything. Um, Harry didn't love that so much, but no, no. he's like, Hermione's kind of boring. (laughs) Yeah. But I, I figured that I would probably be a friend like that. Like, they may not want me there all the time, but I'll stick by them. I found her loyalty, you know, was great. But also, she had a lot of compassion. Like I said, she was that voice for, you know, the voiceless. So when Buckbeak was, you know, um, about to be executed, um, she tried to stick up for him, but also, you know, ended up saving him. And then with all her stuff with Spew and the house elves, like she tried so hard and they didn't like it, but she kept trying, knitting them little little socks and stuff. But <laughs> also I love that she, I didn't really recognize this a whole lot, but she was also a good friend to those who may not have had, you know, a lot of good friends like with Luna and with Neville. Um, Neville especially, like, she was always trying to help, would help him with classwork, would also, you know, try and help him find his frog, Trevor! Um, but I don't know, I think there's, there's a lot, a lot of good with Hermione, there's also a lot of, like, oh my gosh, she's so bossy, and kind of annoying in the first book, (laughs) um, like, you don't have to boss him around all the time and tell him what's up, but... Which thankfully we know through Harry, because like Harry just points out over and over again. <laughs> Sometimes he's like, Hermione's driving me nuts. Mm-hmm. 
No, I, I just think she's super smart. Um, she's always trying to use her wits, trying to be logical. She's the voice of reason in the group. Um, and I, I, I love that she's always trying to look out for her boys because they need it. <laughs> yeah, I would say Hermione's nurturing side is something that I really love. Yeah. She's not like a mom necessarily, no. but she's very much just always looking out for their well-being mm -hmm. and their grades and their health mm -hmm. and just over and over again. Something that I really like about Hermione is, and they, the vice versa of this for Ron isn't played out very well. But Hermione it has all this strength because she didn't grow up in the wizarding world. Mm -hmm. And like the, we'll talk about Freya moments again later, but Sorcerer's Stone, I don't even know if this was in the movie. Can't even remember. There's the part with the potions. And it's like a riddle. With yes. Snape's, yeah, it, Snape's is, step, it is not in the movie. Which maybe they were trying to like make up for that. I don't know. But Hermione like laughs in the book because she goes, we don't need any magic. This is all logic. Mm -hmm. This is like, this is my zone. Mm -hmm. and, and over and over again, it kind of comes into play where she just doesn't think, she's unpredictable for like bad guys and stuff like that because she just doesn't think like a wizard does. Right. But we kind of already mentioned, but the next thing is, next part is just things that we don't like as much. Nagging, we've established that. <laughs> <laughs> Bossiness. Snape said an insufferable know-it-all, <laughs> which at times, maybe. <laughs> Snape's not always wrong, but he does drive me nuts more yes. than Hermione does. <laughs> I don't like Snape as much as people do. I don't get it. You may have to do like your own thing on Snape. That's a whole, that's a whole, that's a whole other character that you can get into. Like, I don't despise Snape. He just, he's so annoying, like in the books and mm -hmm. you just can't. He always rues the day, you know? Yeah. <laughs> that's like, that's his thing for like six, five and a half books. Oh. And then oh Half-Blood no. Prince, he's like, boom, back in the play. I'm I'm the Half-Blood Prince mm -hmm. and I killed Dumbledore. And then like the rest of it, everyone's like, oh, Snape, always. Yep. I know. And I'm like, don't get tattoos from literally the most, one of the most annoying characters in Harry Potter. <laughs> I said it. Love yeah. it. I think. I would say Alan recommends performance also, but back to Hermione, I, I digress. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, I think, I don't know, she's very blunt at times, which could both be a good thing and kind of a hard thing um, for certain moments. Sometimes there's a, there's a time to be blunt and there's a time, you know, for... Oh, we got to talk about Spew also. Oh. Of course. I love. <laughs> the societal, I literally so just good. read it, the societal promotion of elvish welfare. welfare. Yeah. yeah. Which, Ron, ah, why they leave Spew out of the movies is beyond me. Because right, Ron right. comes, like, Ron comes back and becomes the the title of the chapter of the book. Where he's like, what are we now? The House Elf Liberation Front? Which is a way better <laughs> title. Yes. It's way catchier. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Like maybe that's a that's one of her faults is she can't make acronyms. No, <laughs> like, I don't remember, everything. I forgot what the first title was for Spew, but it was like way too long. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, no, and I I am sad that they left Spew out of the movies because I think that would have added like a whole other element to 
and it actually changed. Uh, it ended up changing Hermione and Ron's first kiss. Mm-hmm. Which we'll yeah. come back to that. I didn't even think about that. Mm-hmm. To be honest with you. Uh, it's time for book versus movie adaptations, which in this one, we have some tea, guys. <laughs> Last time I was kind of like, we were kind of just like, he broke the wand. Why did he do that? Why'd Harry do that? Yeah. But the re- and like a little, and the lack of sassiness, I guess. But there's some tea this time because I found a video. It's by <laughs> Emily uh, Sawyer, I think. I'm going to link it in the description because it's, it's great. It's awesome. It's called Harry Potter and the Destruction of Character. It's entirely about Hermione, though. <laughs> Almost entirely. There's a lot of tea all over about this, but I, I definitely didn't want to take any of the stances she took without a female present because she just kind of talk, attacks like Hollywood and, and women. Yeah. We'll kind of walk through some of the big beats, but this, this is the direct quote from the video. The changes in Hermione Granger's character from book to film represent a major problem in today's blockbuster films. She describes book Hermione as a flawed character, bossy, bush-haired, bushy-haired, buck-teeth. We already talked about that. Found spew in spite of everyone pointing out the only outcome, which is failure. In it just It's all going towards the women are wiser trope which if you've watched a 2000 sitcom in your life, like a family one, you've definitely seen it. Where like the husband or even friends, I guess too, like the dumb guy gets into trouble and the woman or wives get them out of trouble. Uh, she mentioned the Minions movie writer didn't want to make a Minion a girl because she, he didn't imagine a girl could be dumb, which I don't think he really believes that. I think he just didn't want to answer that question very well or whatever, I don't know. Maybe you just didn't think about it. We've all been there. <laughs> she quoted this uh, blog from the Daily Slice, uh, Daily Slice. A woman wrote this too, but I, w- I couldn't catch the name. Described the woman in Hollywood movies as caricatures, barely ideas, either a character sketch or a fork in the road plot device. Change out the stilettos for combat boots and the message remains the same. Women are just pawns to be pushed from one scene to the next, their own agency never truly factoring in. I was like, what did I just step into, right? <laughs> I was just watching me by Harry Potter. Anyway, there's a lot of examples from like the book to movie. Everyone talks about with Hermione that Hermione just take, they just had Hermione take Ron's line. Sometimes for exposition, sometimes for like, Moments that really hurt Ron's character. And we're going to talk about some of those now because the, the video is just so good. First is in Sorcerer's Stone with the Devil's Snare. In the book, she like quotes everything about the Devil's Snare, everything you need to know, and thinks, oh, we just need a light of fire. And well, Harry says, the light of fire. And Mighty says, but there's no wood. And then Ron like belches out, no wood. Are you a witch or not? And in the movie, it's like, she's like, blah, 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 the devil's snare, I'm a devil's sunlight, blah, 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 I know the spell. And Ron's like, lucky we didn't panic. <laughs> Just like being, I don't know. He redeems himself in the chess match, but that was annoying. And it just kind of laid the found, laid the groundwork. There's a bunch of random ones, but in Deathly Hallows, in the coffee shop, Hermione just, in the movie, she just kind of runs the whole thing and does all the action stuff immediately. But in the book, Hermione's like shaking and trembling. And Ron only helps her a little bit at the end in the in the movie. But in the book, she, he does a lot more. Um, 
in Chamber of Secrets, Hermione explains everything about mudbloods. It's like, why would she know any of that? While in the book, Ron, who's the character who grew up in the wizarding world, that's his, that's his thing in the books. So he has a better understanding. He explains the significance as Hermione doesn't even know that she was, she knows she was insulted, but she didn't know like how she was insulted. This one I really get mad about. In Prisoner of Azkaban, in the Shrieking Shack, like Sirius Black is there. They still think he's a murderer at the time. Hermione, Ron stands up through like great pain because his leg's like broken. See, so if you want to kill Harry, you'll have to kill us too. Though the effort of standing upright was draining him of still more color and he swayed slightly as he spoke. Sirius said, lie down. And Ron said, did you hear me? Ron said weakly, though he was clinging painfully to Harry to stay upright. You'll have to kill all three of us. In the movie, Ron just like whimpers in the corner and Hermione does all of like the line. Those are just a few examples, but I don't know. Do you think Hermione's too perfect in the movies? I don't know that I'd say she's too perfect because I still think we can see some of her flaws, um, but they're not quite the same as the flaws that you see in the book um, or in the books. I do think in the books, we see more times of her like panic where her cleverness doesn't always um, hold up for her, you know, in the midst of a battle or in the midst of being caught in Devil's Snare, she's, she may not have her logic readily available to her, um, which I think is more realistic because, you know, you get into panicked fight or flight mode and then sometimes your brain's just like, I don't know where I am. <laughs> yeah, it takes the three um, of them to figure that out. Yeah. Um, whereas in the movies, it does seem like a lot of the time she has the answer for everything, like right there, um, split second, brilliant smart and then like doesn't ever have to struggle to remember anything or to take time to think anything through she just has the answer um i mean i still think in the movies you see times where you know she does have her flaws of you know the bossiness and the the outbursts of you know uh, like her arguments with harry and ron and the times where it's like she's kind of being overbearing um but I, I do recognize, and I, I do think, and I agree with this, that they did make Ron's, and this is, this is about Ron and Hermione, but like they made Ron's character out to be more of the funny, like goofy, kind of dumb, like best friend who's there helping and has some smart moments, but he didn't get all of the incredible lines that you do see in the book, um, where Ron's bravery like really shines through. He got more of like the goofy, like silly, oh gosh, you know. <laughs> it's, like, it's like all of the all of the first three movies. Yeah. And so I I do wish that we had seen yeah, I definitely agree with the prisoner of Azkaban line. Like I would love to have seen Ron actually be able to deliver that line. Um, and it's not acting ability from Rupert Grint either. No, it's just right. It's no. all screenwriting. And the the screenwriter for all of them, maybe just most of them, his name's Steve's Close, and he loves Hermione. Like mm -hmm. it's his favorite character in Harry Potter. And so I'm sure that plays into it a lot. Yeah. Too. But yeah, and yeah. I know that I know that like there was there's this big push you know, to empower women and to create powerful 
um, female characters. And I feel like Hermione was still a very empowered female character um, in the book series that didn't necessarily need to take away from Ron's character or his lines. Um, so I, I do see the the value and I agree with a lot of this, the scenes that they brought up in that because it's like, man, it would have been awesome had Ron delivered that line. You know, recognizing him as like being this smart for, you know, you know, not smart like Hermione smart, but still a smart young wizard who grew up in the wizarding world and has other things to offer rather than just being, you know, a supporter on the side. Yeah, I would say like the most inspiring characters to the average Joe or Jolene, I don't know. The <laughs> alternative for woman for that line. I liked but Jolene. That was Jolene good. <laughs> jumped, that was just pulled it out of a hat. That was good. That I'm not the wizard hat that I'm not wearing. But yeah, it's it's almost like it's more inspiring if they're flawed because mm-hmm. that's they're human. Yeah. And like movie Hermione has a couple moments where she's spooked or whatever, but it's like it just doesn't feel the same. Mm-hmm. And I think not that spew is everything but with Hermione spew is a lot and the the whole the kissing scene that we're referring to is in the book Ron remembers that the house elves are in the kitchen during the battle of Hogwarts and he's like no we can't we have to go save them because Harry's like what to have ask them to join the fight (laughs) which is a weird thing but they're in the war so Mm -hmm. uh no Ron's like no to ask them to leave we can't ask them to die for us and then Hermione's like, oh, Ron, and drops all of the Basilisk veins and just runs up and, like, kisses him. And it's, like, kind of out of, it's definitely out of left field. Like, they've been slowly building towards it, but that was, like, the big moment. And I kind of, it was right in front of Harry, too, and it's just a great moment in the books, and it's really funny. Mm-hmm. And, and Harry's like, is this the best time? <laughs> like, now of all times. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And like, now that I think about it, in the movies, obviously Harry doesn't see it. And I think later he just sees them holding hands and he just sorts, pieces, pieces it through. Mm-hmm. What? So it's, it's just, he's, it's like, it's like he was in this invisible scene that didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but all the, all the book readers were like, great. <laughs> and I think I wanna... maybe that's part of the reason why I wasn't, I, it's been a little bit since I've read through the later books, um, and I think that may be part of why their relationship hasn't always like sat super well with me. Is because I forget like I. It's always easier to watch the movies than to read through the whole book series, um, so I'm so used to watching the movies that it to me didn't feel like it really built up to it. Super more well. than more than Harry and Ginny, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, yes, definitely more than Harry and Ginny. That came out of nowhere <laughs> in the movies. <laughs> there, was, there was no chemistry. <laughs> no, um, and so like you can see bits and pieces of it in the movies, but I feel like I don't know, just the way they did it didn't seem as as genuine. And I don't know. I, I think it it's I think enough. it's also because like in the books, sometimes you can see or understand more of like the inner workings of their relationships and like their thought process. Whereas in the movies, like, you're not getting some of that, so. Absolutely. But it's been a while since I've read the later ones, so. 
that may explain part of why the relationship was always a little weird for me. And again, it's we're talking about Ron and Hermione's relationship. Yes. Really trying to lean about Hermione, but yes. <laughs> it does feel like in the books she's not, but in the movie she's like settling for Ron. And mm-hmm. I can see how people would ship Harry and Hermione more because Harry's this, you know, he's the chosen one, he's famous, yada yada. And Ron's just the comic relief. And so not in I'm I would say I disagree with that, but yeah. if you've just seen the movies, it's very plausible to feel that way. And just be like, why is Hermione with Ron? <laughs> like I remember like my dad had only read like the first couple books and he always whenever we talk about it, he's always like, That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Harry and Hermione should have been together. He's no. Like, what? No. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, they would have been miserable. I pointed this out. I spent like an hour talking about this. 45 yeah. minute episode talking about this. I don't need to get back into it. We don't need to rehash it. <laughs> we don't need to rehash it. There's just, but yeah, it's just like, I'll get into it again. But the movie <laughs> Ron is like a disappearing Hogwarts step above Patrick Star. Mm. He's pretty much the Patrick Star of the Harry Potter series in the movies. And that's, that's rough. Mm. Sometimes. Yeah. But all in all, Hermione's awesome. I just think she could have been a little less flawless, mm-hmm. a little more human in the movies. And there's just, there's obviously a lot you can't fit in a movie. And I think by the time like they had started it with the the structure they've had where Ron's the dumb comic relief and Hermione has all the answers that like towards later in the movies, they really couldn't work their way back, I don't think, that much. And I think I have this is an episode for the future, but I think a lot of it comes down to Goblet of Fire Mm. and how that was that whole movie is just a it was a train wreck that somehow landed at King's Cross Station because so much of the writing process and everything was just nuts. And I think a lot of character development was either missed or tossed in a different way or. The Goblet of Fire is just jam-packed with so many great scenes that were not in the movie. And yeah. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> it's 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 rough. Like, also, the action sequences are better, but everything yes. else is different. Also, incredibly, this is off point, but I'm incredibly disappointed with Harry's hairstyle in the Goblet of Fire. All of the it's hair. It's the worst. <laughs> All of the hair. It's like a mullet nightmare. <laughs> Every time I think about It's that. a helmet. It's so big. <laughs> Yeah, Harry's hair oh. is like, Daniel Radcliffe should never have grown his hair like that. No. <laughs> Prisoner of Azkaban, it's the best hair. That or Goblet of Fire. Or not Goblet of Fire, <laughs> we're talking about that. Um, Order of the Phoenix, no. I think he had I think good it's hair. too short. I think it's too short yeah. in Order of the Phoenix. I think... I do like Prisoner of Azkaban hair, though. Yeah. Maybe we should have a whole episode on Harry's hair one time. Just kidding. We could, we could do it. <laughs> We could do it. Not really. <laughs> no, that, well, I could not fill like, an hour of time. Well, all if we even if we talked about all of the hair of Harry Potter, that'd be ooh Harry. The episode's gonna be called Harry. Harry Potter. Potter. Wow. Or, yeah, absolutely. So good. So but, good. Yeah, it's definitely like I feel like the other male characters follow suit. So like Harry has long ugly hair. All the Weasleys have long ugly yes. hair. Yes. Even it was Neville. Awful. Neville has like a little bit of a. He tried to grow it out, but it didn't. He didn't make it as far as everyone else going on. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe mm-hmm. it's like a bet. I don't know. Like all the actors are like, let's grow our hair out. And the director's yeah, I think like, it was all the guys. Because Hermione's, Herm- or Emma Watson, Hermione, whichever you want to go with. Her hair progressively got better throughout the movies. Yeah. Whereas I feel like the boys had some rough patches and then it got okay towards the end. <laughs> That's an important thing with Hermione too, is this the fact that Emma Watson is like, she was a beautiful actress from day one and they tried to like work their way back. Like she has like really ugly bushy hair in some scenes. She even had buck teeth in one scene made it made it to the final film but you can't you it's some point and you'll miss it because they reshot a lot but yeah they gave her super bushy hair in like the first two films um but then i understand that's a painful process yeah yeah but it's kind of like this big reveal for hermione is goblet of fire and her teeth has changed and they noticed that (laughs) right before the ball and then she's coming down and you know the big elegant gown or whatever and it's like in the movie it's like oh emma watson it's just emma watson in a dress <laughs> i don't but, remember i wanted to have that dress Harry should have so his haircut, badly but it's fine <laughs> yes because they're all in this fancy robes and they all have ugly hair <laughs> it was awful <laughs> anyways we derailed <laughs> sorry okay. i brought up the hair um Hair mining. <laughs> oh no. You know what I didn't We're look up, but would have been funny is how many. I heard like in 1997 when the first book came out that like no one could pronounce Hermione's name. <laughs> that, Hermione. Doesn't, that does not surprise me. Hermione. Hermione. <laughs> Hermione. Hermione coming in. Hermione checking in. Oh my gosh. Let's wrap this up by talking about favorite Hermione moments. Mm. Books or movies, any of them. I mean, I know this is not how it happened in the book, but I did love when Hermione punched Draco because the whole, that's, that's all you want throughout like the whole, the whole series. You're just, you just need somebody to punch Draco in the face. And then she did it. And I was like, that is well deserved. (laughs) Good job. Um, in another time that I just read in Goblet of Fire is I think he insults Hermione and or Harry when he's turned into the ferret mm-hmm. in the book. Similar thing happens in the movie. The movie did it decently well. But in the book, he like insults Hermione again. And she's like, oh, hello, Professor Moody. And like Malfoy like quakes in his boots and <laughs> freaks out. And she's like, twitchy little ferret, aren't you Malfoy? And like <laughs> Harry and Ron, they all laugh. There, she was actually kind of in. You can tell she's been influenced by Harry and Ron's like mm-hmm. mischief. Yeah, because she's like you know never get expelled, never cheat. But then at the same time, and especially in the middle books and on, she's like trying to whisper out of the side of her mouth like how to do everything to Neville <laughs> save his butt. Oh, she was so nice to Neville. Yeah. Even when she, you know, Petrificus totalist him, you know, <laughs> she was See, still like, sorry, <laughs> sorry, Neville. Um, I kind of love that, though. Yeah. Where she's like, I got to do this. I also love when Hermione helped kind of encourage Harry to form Dumbledore's army. Um, I feel like she was that extra push that he needed. Um, I know that it was kind of like the three of them talking about it together. 
I think Ron and Hermione were united front about it. But they were very yeah, much was... united front. They made it look more so in the movie like it was Hermione, but I know that it was Ron and Hermione was... in the book. I think Hermione did a lot more for Dumbledore's army than Ron did. Mm-hmm. But it was Ron might have helped them find the room of requirement, actually. Mm-hmm. And I think about it, I think Ron might have found it. But mm-hmm. it's the movie, so all I remember is exposition from Hermione. You found it, Harry. You found the room of requirement. It's like, <laughs> no. <laughs> Who knows? Also, I I would I feel like this is downplayed a lot, but we don't see people use magic without wands very often. And I know that in the movie, Hermione, I think it's in it's in the Half Blood Prince when her when they're doing Quidditch tryouts, and Hermione does the Confundus, uh, Confundus charm. charm. I think she's holding and a wand, but she doesn't need to direct the wand no and i love that but also like in their six years well she mastered non-verbal magic it's very true which what a queen like she was the first person <laughs> of her year to do that it's like my it. favorite it's like my favorite chapter of half blood prince <laughs> where snape's leading the class and they're all trying to like whisper out the spell like with their mouth like you can just feel the scene no that's a great that's i forgot about that yeah, I, I think that one's awesome. Uh, you got to talk about the iconic Hermione line. We better go to bed before we get ourselves killed. Or, or worse, worse, expelled. expelled. <laughs> I, I don't think Ron's like, she really needs to sort out her priorities. I don't know if that was in the book. So that was actually a good. Yeah, that one was funny. Rupert Grint's just great. Yes. What I think is funny is like, that's first year. And then like. Yeah. Well, like getting towards the end of the sixth book kind of last year Hermione was like Psh, I'm gonna drop out of school and help Harry find all the horcruxes <laughs> and like but that's a she's big not going step back. for but her also, like she's not at least while that decision at the time was significant she was not gonna go back to Hogwarts a month later mm-hmm. like after the ministry fell it was pretty clear that she was either gonna go on the run so it's like mm-hmm I don't know. In hindsight, that is she was true. gonna have to make that choice anyway. That is true. But she didn't but really. She didn't. I, I don't ever remember her complaining about it because she, she knew didn't she, she knew what she needed to do. Anything. Absolutely. Yeah. I I'm a sap. So for me, a lot of my favorite lines, scenes with Hermione is when her and Ron are like going at each other and like typical teenage flirting, arguing. Or like when the kissing scene that I already described and what a weird phrase to say. It's fine. <laughs> or, oh, what was I going to say? I forgot. No, oh, there's the one it's in the, the werewolves scene where she has, she throws up her hand for the answer and Snape's like, does she pretends that she's not there. Uh, and then he like, she like basically stands up and says the answer and he's like, you've spoken out of turn. Five points from Gryffindor for being an insufferable know-it-all. And the book says, like, everyone in the room glared at Snape. You can tell they all hated Snape because all of them had called Hermione a know-it-all, at least insufferable know-it-all, at least once a week. (laughs) (laughs) At least once. Ron, who called her insufferable know-it-all at least twice a week, like, yelled loudly, like, you asked us a question. She knows the answer. Why ask the question? (laughs) You didn't want to be told. It's so true. (laughs) He just sticks up for Hermione, but it's like, yeah, like Snape made Hermione tear up and Ron's like, not today. 
Mm-hmm. We're all going. To, I'm going to going down to detention. It's time. So good. I think I also. I just thought about this one as well. In the seventh book, when they're at the Potter's graves, and when Harry's just kind of like looking at it, and Hermione like does a spell to make roses, kind of. Oh yeah. I don't know why that touched me, but I was like, oh, that's so kind. That's great. She destroys the Horcrux. Oh, yeah. That's actually not in the book at all. It's a great scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. Very good. It was a cool scene. I, I don't know. I liked seeing them back in the Chamber of Secrets again. I think that was fun in the movie. Yeah, that was a cool set piece. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, they did a part one, part two for money, so they had to... <laughs> make that a whole movie yes i remember i don't know if you felt like this but i wasn't really old enough to see the other ones in theaters so the the only two movies i saw in theaters were part one and part two of deathly hollows Mm. and i had read all the books i had waited to watch any of the movies till i'd read the books yeah and so when i I saw the part one i was like how much is left I was like, I'm gonna get to the, like, where's the book? And I'm like, you know, it, it might be like this smidgen, which I'm mm-hmm. doing a thing you can't see because it's a podcast. But like, there's just a little bit left really in the book. Like maybe a third of the book is part, part two, but they made it work. So well, better than- I guess to be fair, like you can only describe so much of a battle in a book. Whereas when you're watching a movie, and you're having to watch all the different battle scenes like play out. You can take more time with it, I feel like. That's true. That's true. And there's still like big scenes in the part two, but I'm not as big of a fan of it just because it's not, it's like an action movie. Yeah. One of those, Although, like, but not when I say action movie, I mean like action all the time, the entire time. Yeah. Movies. I will admit that whenever McGonagall brings like those statues to life i get goosebumps oh, yeah. every time the music starts and i'm like oh, oh the music so in good. Deathly Hallows so is so good oh i love the topic listening for later this this fall we're, we're yeah. gonna talk about harry potter scores which might be a weird episode we'll no, see no it deserves its own episode it's hard, because it's hard the talking scores about, are so good it's hard talking about music when you don't have the music true so we're <laughs> we've we've David and I have talked for a long time about doing an episode about music for anything, but then we were like, well, you can't get the music though. Mm-hmm. That's like a big copyright thing. So we just have to take our word for it. Yep. Or go listen to it yourself. <laughs> we'll, sing, we'll sing little <laughs> bits of it. I'm just kidding. Oh my gosh. That'd be so fun. I can do a lot of instrumental pieces <laughs> if you're ready. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, please don't ask me to do that. <laughs> it would be embarrassing. But that'd be funny. Well, I I hope we've done Hermione justice for you guys. Uh, Abby, thank you so much for coming along for the ride. Uh, Next time will be another Sorting Hat chat, the second one, I think. Don't quote (laughs) me on that. But make sure to follow us on Instagram for more content from Harry Potter. And, of course, subscribe to make sure that you don't miss an episode Uh, On behalf of David, who's not here, this is Spencer Price. And on behalf of Abby, thanks for joining us. Mischief managed.